Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Our Hometown. I have the pleasure of sitting down again with Kristen Rathai. Got it that time. Yes, you did. How you been? <laughs> been good. Been yeah. real busy. Been really good. Yeah. How was your holiday? Um, it, it Again, busy. Um, we have, in my family, three December babies. And then we have Christmas and all the, the celebrating on top of that. And so just running from celebration to celebration to not knowing which celebration we're going to, but we're <laughs> going this day. So it was good, though. Lots of good family time. How was yours? Oh, it was pretty uneventful. Uh, Santa Claus is pretty good to me. I guess Mrs. Claus was pretty good to me. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, made it <coughs> a few uh, a few months ago, I went to Casper with a buddy, and I was like, they had a PS4 or a PS5s in stock, and I took, called Sarah. I was like, I'm going to buy one. She goes, nah, just wait. You know, Don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> I'm like, all right, whatever. So I'll wake up Sunday morning and open my big Christmas gift, and I had a PS5. It's like, right on. Did you go straight for the big one? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I'm still a kid at heart. <laughs> Gotta go for the biggest one. Because <laughs> like normally we'll take turns opening presents and stuff, you know. Like uh Sarah always opens them first and then Kendall, then Drake, then me. And like this year I have seen that big one. She's like, You're never gonna guess what it is. I'm like, I was thinking something for my smoker because I use it all the time. Yeah. And she so I was like, there's a, a flat top that I want for my smoker so I can do like the like breakfast and crap on it. Yeah. And so I was thinking that's what it was. And I got pretty excited. And then I opened it up. I was like, holy shit. This is way better. This is way better. <laughs> Less work and more beer drinking. Yes. <laughs> so it was pretty good. Yeah. I had family came from Colorado and South Dakota and hung out with them. And everybody's at my house. So I'm glad they're gone. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like going to everyone else's house. Like my space is my space. Right. <laughs> so. Well, there's only me and my grandma that are here in, in Gillette. Everybody else is gone. But then grandma's house, she's at that age where it's kind of easier for her just to go. Yes. And to clean up after everybody. And yeah, it seems to be a little bit better on the stress for her. Absolutely. That's but, what my granny does now, too. Yeah. Like I told Sarah, I said next year, because we only have Kendall for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, we're, we're done. We're not doing anything. So... Good for you. See how it turns out. Yeah. It might work out. It might not. You never know. We got another, what, year before that again? Yeah, but we got to start planning now. I agree. We got to start planning our excuses of, oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we're going on a cruise. <laughs> so you said that you're a, a south, down south college football team. What team are you a fan of? So if you say Alabama, we're going to have problems. The Yeah, right there, roll tide. <laughs> so I started watching college football with my brother. Uh -huh. um, when I was real young, I would go to one of my girlfriend's house, and um, her dad was a huge Broncos fan. And every every Sunday, was that's what their house was, was Broncos everywhere. And they always put on a party. Like, they were just – they were fun people. Mm -hmm. Um and then my brother and I got into college football together, and I was a Sooner fan for a long time. I loved the high-flying, the, the stunts, the just the risk-taking mm -hmm. of it. And then I kind of took a step back from football for a, a while. Um, and when I met my husband uh, was when college football came back into my life, and he's a Bama fan, true and true. Um, 
I I love it. I don't I don't really care if it's Wake Forest playing. Yeah. I'm watching it every yeah. Saturday. It's on our on our TV. We love college football. My husband watches every game. Doesn't matter who it is. But yeah, we're Bama fans at home. So. Gross. I know. Can't Sorry. Can't to my mouth. I'm a Gator fan. Gators. Yeah. Florida, Florida Gators. Yeah. We're not doing. So, we didn't do so good this year, but that's all right. You kind of gotta pick one in. The SEC anymore nowadays, like, mm-hmm. like I'll watch a UW game, you know, Wyoming game if it's on. But we all do, yeah. But like, as being a fan of like, they give all the hardcore Wyoming fans here, but then they have like their they're on Ohio State second mm-hmm. or Oklahoma second. Uh, I'm Florida Gator first, and then Wyoming. Yeah, that's kind of how our family is. We like to watch the the SEC teams. Yeah. Like, they're just it's different. It's a different culture down there, right? So we just don't, I don't think we have the population to have a, you know, a powerhouse from Wyoming. Well, so maybe. No, you know, back in the like 1930s, University of Wyoming was like the, the thing, the collegiate school of all schools. Like they had won the, the NCAA basketball. They were like top ranked in uh, college football. You know, it was like them, Notre Dame, Fordham. Stuff like that, like the old, old school powerhouses. Mm-hmm. But you also got to remember that uh, back then, everybody that was going to Wyoming were guys that were throwing hay bales and doing manual labor. So they were built built like shit brick houses. You know, it's really like hard. Like a to, lot of our men around here. Right. <laughs> a so, lot of our men are built like that. But, but then, but now that the recruiting is going on, uh, we, Wyoming doesn't have the chance to keep the brick shake houses in in uh, in house. Mm-mm. You know, no, they get a better offer from a better team. Well, the NIL deals, I think, really are going to cause a lot of problems for college football. Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be, especially the way they're treating the portal now, with with like the players being able to transfer at the end of the season and start the beginning of the next season rather than having to sit out a year like they used to. Mm-hmm. And then NIL deals, you know, that's where they get they get. Uh, advertisement money, you know, schools can pay them for their likeness and blah, blah, blah. So, like, these bigger schools like Florida, Bama, LSU, Florida State, Miami, you know, they're going to be – they're, they're going to have the better chances of getting uh, get the top, top end players. Well, yeah. I mean, they put a lot into their athletics program down there too. So, I mean, if you're going to invest in a player, you want them to be able to play. So – like it's a hard um it's a hard debate right that's a hard debate my husband would be all over that debate with all of that well like it's i think it's a good thing i think it's a bad thing like you know it's just like anything else you have too much of it it's gonna you know it's bad for you Mm -hmm. but something like that because like the there was a wide receiver for nebraska i forget his name but he had like a really he he got like a million dollars to do one uh, commercial for this uh, heating and cooling company, like HVAC, and then at the end of the year this year he transferred to Wake Forest, not Wake Forest, it was an ACC team. But at, when he transferred in that uh, NIL deal that he signed with that uh, HVAC system company in Nebraska, like he had to be there for two years, but he got a million dollars up front, and now he's out of the he went to the portal because Nebraska sucks. And he can get better money. I think I want to say he went to like North Carolina or South Carolina or somewhere Something with right a little there. bigger recognition. Yeah. Well, Nebraska used to be the powerhouse. 
Used to. You know, I was Nebraska and Miami every year. Mm-hmm. You know, then things happened. Tom Osborne retired, and Miami got so many players to prison, and it game over. Well, and it's it's a huge opportunity for young athletes to get out there. I think um, a lot of these athletes just work really hard at their physique and and their their skill, and yeah. they try to make it to the bigger schools. I to get that. I mean, a lot of them, their goal is to get into the professionals. Yeah, I'm, but only like point one percent of that one percent go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But like, do you see who gets pumped into the NFL? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like it's all them SEC teams. Well, you got. There's been a few. Ohio State's had a lot of NFL players, but they've never really like most of every time it seems like the Big Ten or the Big Twelve quarterbacks go to the NFL. They never translated anything. But but the rest of the team. Yeah. Think about that. Like I, the just the SEC teams get picked over for. NFL a lot. I I do get your argument with Ohio State and Michigan because those two are not in the SEC, but they still pump out some players. Their coaching staff is is amazing. Um, I I think it's just a different culture down there. Like people eat, sleep, and breathe college football. Yeah. So I'm I'm all for it because it gives me something. I feel like like the Coliseum days in Rome, like this dude's going to fight a lion or a bear. Like we don't get that brutality anymore. And so we get it with football. But wait, you do, (laughs) you do. You get them dummies that go out in the Yellowstone wanting to pet a bear. Oh, I know. (laughs) Or bison. And you're like, Oh boy, that 1500 pound bull is just going to annihilate this guy. That's my favorite time of year is seeing them videos. Stupid tourists. Yeah. I'm just like, where's your common sense? There's these, none. They're like, these are wild animals. Do you guys not have wild animals? Oh, wait, you're from the city. I well, get it. <laughs> I think they also think that it being a national park, they think it's like a petting zoo, you know, because like you go through rapid to the uh, bear, country. bear country, you know, that's what they all think. They're all mm-hmm. tranquilized and lovey-dovey, and that's not the case. No, not even a little bit. Oh, gosh. That's, yeah, that's always a topic of discussion around here in Gillette. We all laugh about it. We all share memes about right. it. Like, this dude got his pants knocked off. Like, that <laughs> one was see, great this year. Did you see the the chick from, that was, uh, they were going through, uh, what is it, Hewlett? Is that where they do the the uh, rodeo during Sturgis? Is it Hewlett? I think so. They were going across Hewlett or up to Montana for uh, for a ride in that, they they were stopped for the buffalo crossing. And this lady got out to go like pet one of the, the calves, and that that mama bison just lit her ass up. And like they ended up having to fly her out because like oh they gosh. were it's like she got gored severely. I oh. laughed and laughed. I mean, natural selection. Right? I don't mean to be cruel, but if you're gonna be stupid with wildlife, I, like come on, right? They're still wild. No. I mean, I understand that like a farmer herds them and feeds them and whatever, but they still don't get that close. They're still an animal instinct. So the whole reason I brought you here again today is because you are a social media, what's the word, uh, lover, and I absolutely hate social media. And since we were talking about videos of stupid people doing stupid stuff, I figured it's a good segue to bring it in because... I think that maybe somebody might have seen a video of somebody petting a a, a bison, like mm-hmm. you know, one like a, one at a 
the Durham Ranch, one of them, the ones that are tame. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, all bison are like that. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Social media can be used in so many ways, and we use it a lot to share memes and funny stories and people getting gored by bison in tourist season. Right. Because, I mean, tourism's our number two economy here in Wyoming. So people, they saw the Yellowstone show and they think we're all like that i mean yeah we got hard work in like cattlemen here and we got i'm not gonna lie most of our women are like beth i'll say that like you know i've never seen an episode of yellowstone i've seen just like gifs and little clips and stuff like that i'm like yeah that's that's wyoming women right there like all the guys I work with, that's all like every was that they think comes out Sunday. So like every Monday morning or Monday when we're there for nights, did you catch the last episode? I'm like, man, you guys sound like a bunch of like middle aged women talking about uh, days of our lives. Right. I was like, what the fuck? A bunch of soap operas. <laughs> yeah, but it's a cool. It's like it's man stuff. I'm like, it's still a drama. It's still stupid. It's just entertainment. It's stuff to keep you in your same cycles. Right. I just I. I can't stand it. I, I'm just gonna let it out. I don't watch TV. Yeah. I don't watch movies. I don't watch like I will watch The Big Bang to fall asleep to. Mm-hmm. That's about the only show I watch. I'll watch Friends, but it's something that I fall asleep to. Background noise. Yep. So I don't spend my time watching stuff, and people make a reference, and I have no idea what they're talking about because I just that's not a world I live in. So, but like. You being so involved in social media, though, do you like sit there and uh, thumb through Facebook or TikTok or Instagram while you're laying in bed to fall asleep? No. No. Mm-mm. No. Um, I put my phone down at ten, put it on the charger, and disconnect. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm done for the day. Um, See, that that's a very different. It's like most people. Like I'm gonna throw my wife underneath the bus. She's really bad about <laughs> it. She'll sit there and thumb through her phone, whatever social media app that she's on. And, like, you can see her eyes just getting really heavy. I'm like, put the phone away. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep. Oh, I'm almost up. Let me watch this video. I'm like, seriously, you are having an addiction. Well, a lot of people get overstimulated, too, when they have their phone or electronic device. I'll just say electronic device late into the night. They'll get overstimulated, mm-hmm. and then their brain is stimulated, want to stay awake, and we blame it on being, like, ADHD, but it's not. You're just you're overstimulating your brain too late in the night for mm-hmm. it to shut off. And that's, I mean, I, I put boundaries in place with myself with social media. Um, my husband gets frustrated with me, but that's how I work is social media. Mm-hmm. Like I make money off of my phone. I don't usually use my phone much for pleasure. My family knows how to get a hold of me, uh, but they know that I use my phone to make money. I use social media to make money. It's not something I unintentionally use. Mm-hmm. I don't just sit there and scroll TikTok. Like, you don't abuse it. No. And see that. I guess when I when I look at people in social media, like I'm looking at like how people are using it, like uh, like it's their escape from reality. It's uh, it's their a chance to say things that they wouldn't say to somebody's face. Correct. And I, and I think that's causing a lot of problems in our society especially when there's no more human contact. There's no more face-to-face interaction. Yes. And that's my biggest issue with it, other than, you know, like, Facebook has led to more divorces 
since has, has been one of the number one causes of divorces, infidelity. You know, that's even saying more than just like all the dating apps. Mm-hmm. You know, Facebook has caused more divorces than anything in this past, well, since it's been in, in, in the creation of it. And like it, it's destroyed marriages, it's destroyed families. You know, you like a picture and your significant other says, well, why'd you like that picture? I got pictures like that too, but you never liked my picture. You know, it's like a, it's a dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. It is. Endorphins hit when you get something on social media. Right. They've done studies on it for sure. It's, I get what you're saying that it's caused a lot of wedges, but it's also made a lot of people a lot of money too. It's yep. also brought a lot of people together, a lot of networkers, a lot of people who are intentional with their social media. But it's also brought together a lot of people that are very tribalistic and you don't wear the same color we do, so you suck. Absolutely. We're going to call you out and cause a bunch of problems. Absolutely. But those are your low-hanging fruit. And the people that don't have even the ability to look past their own headlights. Right. I mean, those... but 90% of people that use Facebook, that's what they're using it for. They're not like you, where they're using it to monetize, make money, use it for the right reasons. The people that are using it is, is for the low-hanging fruit. The, yeah. e- the easy gotcha moments. I'm going to screenshot this, and in 15 years when you're trying to do something better with your life, I'm going to make sure that everybody knows about it. That's why I go through my friends list, and I unfollow, unfriend, and delete people weekly. Yeah? Yes. Because if I don't like the vibe that they're putting out there, that's my space. That mm-hmm. is my space. Let's go back to my space. Like, I don't think we knew what we had back then. Right. We were writing code back then. But, like, I go through and I'm intentional with who I let in my space. Mm-hmm. Like, you can follow me all you want. Um, if you're coming into my feed, I have obviously followed you. Right. And if I'm going to follow you, you obviously add some value to my life. Mm-hmm. And there's criteria for me to accept a follower, a friend request. Like I'm going to go through their page. I'm going to see who they are, what they're about and see what I can see before I accept it. And then I let it go a little bit and I go back to certain profiles. I go through them again and see if what they're posting or if they're commenting on my stuff, I leave them alone. But if they're posting things that are out of alignment with what I do and completely distract me from my mission in life, they're gone. I'm surprised you haven't followed me then. <laughs> I I think we're friends. We are. And like the shit I post on my Facebook, you know, at least probably a just bit of doesn't it. come up yet. Probably it's probably like a, got me as set as a silent. I don't know. I want to see. Because I know we're friends, and I know that it automatically makes... Ooh, my phone blew up. I autom- I know it automatically um, follows you. Let me see. Kyle. Yeah, I'm friends with you. Because I post a lot of fucked up shit on my Facebook. And it's just, <laughs> just because it's for a laugh. Like that's, that's, that's the only thing I use Facebook for is to try to get a laugh reaction, you know, like just lighten everybody's day up because right now this time of year sucks. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I don't remember what my last one was, but something to do with this time between December 25th through January 1st is like time to sit at home in comfy clothes and and just eat Mm -hmm. and forget about time. I, I don't really post anything of, 
a purpose. It's just all. Ernie comes through with the sticky icky, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, uh, Sesame Street memes are my favorite, you know, like taking adult humor and putting them in Sesame Street memes. It's yeah. my favorite. It makes me laugh every time I see it. So what do you use your social media for? Just for laughs. Just for laughs. So I, I like, I have got my uh, algorithm down on Instagram to where it's just strictly football, comedians, and dogs. It's the only things that I look at on my reels. Awesome. That's it. That's, that's all. It. I, that's all. I don't need to see some chick shaking her ass or doing something like that. I'm I'm married. I have boys. I think I need to set a good example to my kids, and I respect my wife. Mm -hmm. So there's no need to be watching that crap. So now it's just comedians, dogs, and football. A little bit of rugby here and there. See, my algorithm's filled with making money, growing content, being healthy, um... You know, always the Pinterest mom who's doing something cute for their kids. Like, that is what my social media is geared towards. See, and it's like, all, that's what shows up on my social media every single day. And everything I see is comedy. Something about a comedian. Like, my favorite comedian is Big Jay Okerson. So I at least see one reel from him or one something posted by him. And if it's Florida Gators or SEC football or Cleveland Browns football, I see it. And dogs. Dogs doing stupid shit. There's a lot of that. There's yeah. a dog in my neighborhood that um, gets on the rooftop and sits on the top of it's it's a house like this, a tri level, mm-hmm. gets on the garage roof and sits at the very very peak of the garage roof and just watches the cars go by. <laughs> He's on the corner of like two busy streets, yeah. and I'm like, what are you doing? He's a beautiful like blue pity. He's he looks like he's a sweetheart, but he you know protect his home. Yeah. <laughs> But that, like that's to me, so that's all that social media is for me. It's something that I can go, haha, that's funny. Kill about five minutes when I'm on the shitter, and go about my day. Like, then why do you have it? Because it gives me a laugh at that for that five minutes. That that's it. That five minutes of laughing. The only, the, to be honest, honest with you, the only reason I really keep my Facebook is because all my other accounts are tied to Facebook. You know, mm-hmm. like iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the games that I play on my phone. Like I, my phone is really just a adult version of a game boy. It's all. That's it. That's it. Like if I didn't, if I didn't play games on my phone or listen to music on my phone, I still have an iPod and I'd be plumb fine. Completely content. Content. A pager. Yeah. You need to get a hold of me. Your wife would be like, where the hell you at? (laughs) Smoke signals. Welcome. Yes. Oh gosh. So I use social media completely as a tool. I, like it's a tool for me. It's not any of the haha. It's not any of the, I need likes for an endorphin high or anything. No, mine's like intentional for a money-making purpose for, um, a networking purpose, because I believe our hometown is, is so close-minded also, like you touched on, the tribal instinct of people. And I believe our hometown is very much close-minded to anyone who has a different view. And, and you see it all over bumper stickers. We don't care how you did it back home. Go back there. All right. And I you're, get it. She's talking about Gillette, not my podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about Wyoming in general. Right. I'm just talking about the, and what blows my mind is our state has like 
less population than like Dallas, Texas. Uh, it has less population than Denver, Colorado. We're, yeah, we're but smaller that thing than has taken over the whole state. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like um, with the lack of people here, the lack of um, interactions that we have, we're very close-minded to anyone who does it differently or skins the cat di- differently because I have about... I think like 5,200 followers on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm following about 3,000. I have, I think, over 1,200 on TikTok. I'm new to it, but my TikTok is totally not business. It TikTok is kind of fun, but I'm like maybe once every two weeks I get on there. Maybe. But my TikTok is mildly inappropriate, so... It's not a business space. So how do you feel about what the new, new federal government, the laws that they're proposing to ban TikTok from all U.S. citizens? I guess I'm unaware of it. Yeah, there, there's a new bill since uh, TikTok is China-owned, and they feel like the, uh, having TikTok on your phone is allowing the Chinese government to spy on your personal, personal information, getting bank records, phone records, uh, your check-ins, I mean, you don't have to check in. It's just going off your GPS. It is a total spyware. And so the federal government is now saying that they're, well, right now they just passed a law that no federal employee can have TikTok on any federal employee phone. So, and then now they're going that we need to go mask it across the nation and completely eliminate TikTok off all platforms. I just think it's another way for them to overreach and control. Like, what's the difference in them listening to me on my phone right now? Like, well, yeah. I think we're listened to, we're spied on, we're exposed every which way we want by our own government. Like, I understand we're we're worried about enemy forces coming in and, and whatever, but I believe that we already have that technology and it's already here and it's probably already being done. Right. So I believe that our government operates a lot in fear and to get us to be compliant on what they want us to do. I wouldn't really lose any value if I lost TikTok. It's just funny a little bit. Um, but I I feel like I got on an algorithm of like kink talk because I'll get some funny like bowling and then I'll get some girl in a clown mask with her tits hanging out and it's like bing bong here I am I'm like oh my lord like I found some weird part of TikTok that's kind of funny I I giggle I I mean that's what I use TikTok for I don't really use it for content I got a ton of followers on there because I think I'm just a little bit mildly inappropriate with some of my posts and um but I don't think I could ever put myself out there like some of the women are on TikTok and monetize it. I just, that shit's going to be there forever. Well, and see. Or it's saved somewhere. Oh, yeah. And see, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's another thing. Like, if, if they were to go flip the switch on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, all of it, all these people that are Instagram models mm-hmm. who have done nothing with their lives, they lose their, their their cash flow for something like that. Our suicide rate is going to go through the freaking roof. I know. I mean, I'm all about making money online. So if I'm not, I'm not against a woman making their money in the way that they know how. I'm just saying for me, using sexuality was something that I did when I was 22, when mm-hmm. I was modeling. Like, 
that's something I did in that season of my life. And I'm not here to judge any woman who wants to do it on a national stage, but you have to be like, you have to be conscious that you're doing it on a national stage and it's going to be saved somewhere and somebody's going to use it for the spank bank. Like, Mm -hmm. and so like, that's where I believe social media can be a good thing if you're intentional have to be intentional you can't just spend hours on it and that's like I get people wanting to divorce over snapchat over facebook over their their partner's face in their phone all the time like I get it because Mm -hmm. my husband yells at me about it the difference between me and someone using it unintentionally is that I'm using it to make money to better my household I'm not doing it to just avoid my life. Right. So. Well, like I said, you're like, like part of that 1% of the 1% of the 1% that actually are, are using it as a tool. Whereas the rest of the 99% of America people that use it are using it as, it's no different than being blacked out drunk every day. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have no problem with my wife going through my phone. She has the passwords to my phone. She goes right into it. Don't give a shit. So mm-hmm. there's nothing in there that I have to hide. God, and I, my husband doesn't want my phone. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really care because, like I said, the only thing she's going to see is Cleveland or the Browns stuff, Gators football, dogs, and comedians. That's, that's it. And a text from a few girls saying, you got to show up. You're going to be on my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, hey, we're but, she's, talk. but she's no, but she's, she's met everybody. <laughs> yeah. She's met everybody. She knows us all. It, it's all good. Yeah. So like, yeah, I guess, she ain't going to find anything because you don't. Because that's not my intentions. No. Exactly. Going back to being intentional. Right. Like, like, like I told you before we started recording, I, this is the podcast I think that's going to take my life and my family to another, to the next level. And I have no intentions of not bringing my wife and my kids with me. Absolutely. Like that's why we do what we do. And a lot of people's whys and why they do the income streams that they choose mm-hmm. to do is because of their family. Right. A lot of the times you're like, well, why are you going to do this? Why do you want to do this? Like 99% of them say my wife, my kids, my husband, like I'd like to retire my husband. And I mean, I was there once I, I retired my husband once and then we got a great opportunity and we took it because it was more meaningful for him. Like, right. and that's the, like, that's what, that's the important part. Like your life rearranges so that you can be more purposeful so that your life matters here on this life, uh, on this earth. So if you can, if you can bless someone else and give them a bigger purpose in life, they're happier. Their, right. their intentions are clearer. Like they, but you've also given yourself a purpose. Yeah. You, you're, you've now fulfilled a purpose for your life by giving someone else a, an opportunity to fulfill their purpose. So, so it's like a, it's a circle. <laughs> as, it is. As, uh, as uh, the Incredibles would say, it's a yeah, circle. It is a circle. You know, I, it's, it's, and that, you know, and that I think as soon as you close that one door, the next door is going to open as long mm-hmm. as you are purposely driven. You know, so many people get complacent in life and they just get stuck. I'm just a coal miner. I'm just a haul truck driver. Mm-hmm. I'm just a pizza delivery guy. I just work at Walmart. You know, I'm just a realtor. Mm-hmm. And like you get stuck in that rut and there, it seems like there's no way out. So I'm going to, take my way out on Facebook. Yeah. On Instagram. I'm going to go like some dudes with his 
with his V cut hanging out, like some chick with her boobs hanging out, like you know, mm-hmm. I just, and I think the distraction is just too much because it's keeping you away from fulfilling what you need to be doing. Absolutely, I agree with that. I think if people were to take a quarter of the time they spend on social media and use that time to develop some skills that could be profitable on social media, I think a lot of people's pocketbooks, perceptions would change. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people use social media just super unintentionally. They like to go out and spread negativity. And I'm not about that. Like, I've always been a rose-colored glasses person. Um, My dad was instrumental in in that thinking just tomorrow's gonna be better it's okay we'll go make more money I I don't know how much how many times I heard that as a child Eh, okay I'll go make more money all right bye like (laughs) okay like it was never a a problem for my dad it was never a like a a, an obstacle a hindrance Mm -hmm. like oh okay we got a problem let's go solve it all right let's go find a solution well, see, but that's that. That way of thinking is almost dead and gone. Instead, now we're gonna go to Facebook and be like, "My life sucks today. I'm so depressed." Blah. Send, yeah. send somebody come talk to me, or you know, something along them lines. Unfollow. Yeah. Done. That's, but, you but, don't deserve space in my space. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. they they never stop and say, "How am I gonna work this out? How am I gonna problem solve myself out of this problem?" It goes right to the, the the city hall, and I'm gonna broadcast my problems to everybody. I mean, I'm guilty of doing it myself. I, when I first started with Facebook, I was horrendous at it, mm-hmm. you know. But now that it, I kind of look at it, like, man, I was a total douchebag. So here's how I'm gonna run this. I'm, I'm done, done doing that. Yeah. Well, we all have seasons in our life. Uh, I think learning what you're about and what you want to use social media for is a huge part of your purpose like Mm -hmm. this podcast could get somewhere with social media with just some exposure um i i really think using it intentionally um having good captions having good hashtags um would bring it really far but the biggest thing about social media is you have to be consistent Mm -hmm. You, you have to be disciplined and you got to do it even when you don't want to do it. Right. Like I have probably eight, 10 messages that I need to get back to on my social media accounts, not even a text message. Like, and I know I have a missed call and a text message from someone and it's just, it's being disciplined with it, showing up for it, being there and being intentional in your space. Because if you're intentional in your space, then people come to your page and it's almost like you're training them how to teach or how to treat you because they'll look through your page and they'll be like, whoa, like it's an instant attitude check, mindset check. Like if you go to just any random person's page that, you know, uses social media for BS and then go to my page and see how your feeling changes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not here to doom and gloom with you. Right. You got a problem. I'm a fixer. I'm a problem solver. I always have been. And okay, I'm going to ask you some questions and you're not going to like the questions I'm going to ask you because I'm going to ask you some real hard questions, some deep questions, some, I mean, they're questions that need to be said and your friend that's the hardest on you loves you the Mm -hmm. most. So 
people who don't like that type of strong attitude towards them, they usually fizzle out and they go away. Right. They just ghost me and that's cool. I, you're not ready for me mm-hmm. and that's fine. But the people who actually take the questions in, internalize them and answer them, those are the people who want growth and want to learn to do some new skills. Like people who want to look on the inside and see what they're really doing and how their actions, their decisions, and and what they choose to do in their day, in their space, in their social media or whatever is causing X, Y, and Z. Like you have to be accountable for all of that. And a lot of people don't want to be accountable for anything anymore. Right. Like not even a little bit. And this goes even to... Like the other day, I was very unfair to, I call her my little sister, super unfair to her. And within like three hours, like we got busy, we, we, we got busy and, um, I just, I couldn't stand it anymore. I felt like I was unfair to her. I felt like I had done her wrong and it ate at me. And that's just the internal work that I have done to be conscious of how I treat people and how that's going to be reciprocated. And before I was done bowling my first game, I went to the bar and I poured my guts out to her and told her I was sorry and told her that I believe that we haven't, as a, as a society, passed down these skills to acknowledge what you did, be accountable for what you did and apologize for what you did Mm -hmm. to repair the relationship. And those are the things I said to her. And I, I just told her, I said, I wanted to personally say, I'm sorry. That was unfair. That was uncalled of. And that's not something that's going to happen again. And so I believe that part of life has really ceased to exist anymore. And Social media has brought that out a whole lot. Not only social media, but text messaging. Yes. Yeah, has brought that out a lot. I won't give all the credit to to social media, but text messaging has done a lot of damage. I mean, me and my wife first started dating. You know, there was a few figuring figuring our roles out with each other. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there'd be, well, you did this, this, and that, and that through a text message. I'm not, I text her back. Save it, save it all, bottle it up. When I get home from work, we'll talk about it. I'm not doing it through text messages. And I get home, I said, so now what's the issue? Well, I guess now I look at it, it wasn't that bad. There you go. Sometimes people need to sit with their feelings. Instead of have instant <clears throat> gratification for everything, I did that the other day, and, I, and my mentor made me sit on it for 24 hours. She didn't respond to me. She didn't um, go into any of it. Like she did not feed into my negative comment and that's what it was. It was a negative comment and a, and a lot of people don't know what to do with silence. I love silence. Silence is a good thing. Right. In a lot of ways. See, uh, to a couple of days ago we, we went up to rapid to go do that 1980s train thing or I guess Keystone or Hill city, wherever it is. And I thought, cause I got way it works with, my son's mom and I is on my days off. I have them. And then okay. we rotate every, like, so this year she had for Christmas Eve, we had for Christmas. And I said, because uh, my family was coming for Christmas, I was like, hey, I know it's your year to have them for Christmas, but I'll give you, you, you can have them all day the 24th. Well, she took that as in a thinking that the night of the 23rd, she gets them and then into the 24th. 
not a real big deal, but it rubbed me the wrong way. And, and like, I kind of took it out on my oldest, my, my, my son. And I took him back to his mom's. I, I mean, I was really upset with how things went, but got home and they were calling, they were calling. And I just, Sarah's texting back, you know, talk to him, you need to talk to him right now. It's like, no, right now is not a good time. Let me figure out my emotions. Let me cool down and I'll, talk, I'll call him when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. We're just making the situation worse. No, if I call and talk to him now, it's going to be a lot worse. I just need to sit back, catch my breath, and collect my thoughts. I need a moment to process. Right. Yeah. That's the biggest thing my husband's taught me is, is sit with it and, and wait until your head's clear to talk about it. Like, my husband is very much a, a bull in a china closet, but he's very quiet. He's very reserved. He's very kind. He's just a big teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Biggest heart in the world. Um, but he definitely has some champagne taste on a beer budget. Yeah. So. Who doesn't, though? I know. He's got big <laughs> dreams, and I love it. I'm here for it. So I'm I'm super happy to have him in my life because he was exactly what I needed. Um, he taught me the patience. Uh, now, necessarily, the talking about the feelings and and getting through some issues have been some of me helping him. Mm-hmm. But the sit down, feel it, think it, like because he'll look at me and say, no, if I say something right now, you're not going to like it. I need a moment to process. Yeah. And I think every husband needs to put his wife in, in their place when they need that, of course. Like men do need time to process their emotions. Women, we are all emotional creatures. So we can process a little bit quicker, but it means that our our decisions are emotion-based. And that's why I like to hang out with a lot of men. And I just, this is something I've been stewing on for like two weeks. I hang out with men because they're logical creatures. <laughs> they help me in the emotional sense of becoming emotionally intelligent. Yep. And I have always been surrounded by men because my, my dad wanted a boy. Like he got a girl, so let's give her dirt bikes, let's give her snowmobiles, let's mm-hmm. go have some fun. And I went and played with the boys. And that's who I've always been. So I enjoy listening to the conversations. I enjoy listening to the boys give each other a little bit of shit back and forth because they don't take it personal. Whereas if I said that to my girlfriend, ooh boy. Yeah, but but see, <laughs> but uh, uh, Tristan Acuna, she was on a couple weeks ago. She's with uh, Happy Girls Don't Do That. And she was talking about how the hatred between women to women is so much different than when men are, are angry at each other. Correct. And I made the comments like, well, you guys have been from day one, from the first breath you've had, you've been guys have been groomed to your little princesses. You're the best thing ever, this and that. And then you look at all the books and all the magazines, you are, you are already brainwashed into this is the way things got to be. So if someone that is the same gender as you comes out and is completely different, you don't fit the mold. So it's attack. Correct. I said, guys are just, from the first time you take a breath, hey, dipshit, let's get to work. Yep. So I think you, I think females were are such at a disadvantage from the very get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know really, like, I've been really kind of thinking about that since her and I talked, and, like, I'm still trying to process of, like, how exactly I want to, how I want to go about, about with it, because I want to have her back and talk about it, you know, some more, but it's still, still kicking around words and ideas and everything else and like how I really want to portray it and articulate what I'm, what I'm trying to go for. Right. 
Well, and that's that's a big thing because we're conditioned to, yeah, we have to look, look a certain way. We have to wear makeup. We have to straighten our hair. We have to curl our hair. We have to wear the right jeans. We have to look a certain way. And I'm I'm just going to say it. Like, I, I look that build every single day, and I get it, and women hate me. Women think that I am the biggest bitch and I'm like, I'm not like, right. I have a huge heart, but I have a wall up because women are hard Vicious. to get along with. And especially when you're someone who looks like the build that we're all supposed to look like, right? They automatically think I'm going to be a horrible person. And I've heard it a lot. They're like, I thought you were going to be a bitch. And I was like, no, I'm going to be strong and I'm going to have my boundaries and I'm going to put you in your place if you need it. But if you don't ever need it, I'm a fun loving goofball. That's just one of the boys. Right. And so if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. Right. So I wish more women would, um, get out of the, we got to look like Barbie and get out of the cosmopolitan days. Like, who are you on the inside? Right. Like what's in between your ears? Because that's what I'm worried about. Like, are you toxic in your head or are you positive and fun loving? What values get down to like who you are? What do you value in this life? And you ask that question to so many people and it amazes me how many people have to go, um, well, you know, they always say like men are complex. Like we, we have complex feelings, but we're really not that complex. You feed us, you have sex with us and you cuddle with us. That's all we want. Yep. That is it. Mm-hmm. Women like trying to. My wife's having a bad day. Like, throw chocolate. Do I throw chai tea at her? Do I rub her feet? I mean, it's it's a whole. Start checking the boxes and see which one is going to hit. Which one's going to hit? <laughs> I feel so bad for you, men. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I do get it. Men are having a bad day. Show us your boobies. We're good. Mm-hmm. I usually once a day I show my husband my boobies. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, here you go. I just wanted you to, you know, have something to go to work with. Love you. What's wrong with that? (laughs) But men are super um, simple creatures. You give them food. You give them shelter. You give them a woman that is loyal and faithful to them that puts out. They're happy. They're happy. Like men are such simple creatures. And that's why I like hanging out with them because they're... Their decisions are logic based. They're they're not emotional based. And a lot of women get caught up in their emotions and let their emotions run their decisions instead mm-hmm. of taking a step back and being like, okay, I feel this way, but what I feel isn't always correct in right. what is going on in the situation. And so, like I had one of my friends, um, I had one of my friends pass away not too long ago, and I had no idea until my buddy called me and I mean, these are men that I talk to like, and he calls me and he's like, Hey, uh, you heard about so-and-so. And, uh, I'm like, uh, this isn't good. Like, this is never how you open up a good conversation. Mm-hmm. He told me the news and he quickly got off the phone with me. I was emotional cause I had just found out like he's, he's gone. And that fucker was the one that I'd call and he'd be like, hey, man, what are you doing? Right. Like, he was one of my besties. And I loved the light that he shared with me and the knowledge he shared with me. And he's just one of my really great friends. And I immediately got off, when I got off the phone, I immediately called my other buddy that's another male that was close. And we hashed it out. And he's like, dude, I feel for you. Like, I'll talk you through this. I'll make sure that you can you know, function the rest of the day. It was like 10 30 in the morning. Like you gotta, you can't let, 
And that, that's why I called a man because I couldn't let my emotions overtake the rest of my day. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yes, set your timer for 20 minutes. You can cry your eyes out, be a little bitch. It's fine. And then we're going to brush our hair, brush our teeth, and we're going to get to work and we're going to do the things that this man taught me to do so that I can keep living out something of him that he taught me, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, just the emotional side of it, uh, men are, are much better at managing that. That's well, why men are good for women. Well, I mean, I've lost a couple of really close friends, like super close. And like I was, we were 16 when we lost one, mm-hmm. you know, and like I remember walking to my mom's room the next day and she's like, how are you feeling? I was like, I feel like shit. I said, but shit happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and that a lot of people say, oh, you should probably go talk to somebody about it. But what is there to talk about? It's my my emotions. It's mm-hmm. mine. I'm going to hold on to it. And like like I, everybody's like, well, it's gonna it, it's affecting you. You haven't properly grieved. I've grieved my own way. Mm-hmm. I've worked it out. Me and we myself had the conversation, and I moved on. You know, a lot of people go, like, well, how'd you move on so fast? Mm-hmm. Just moved on. I'm used to it. You know, I'm, I was used to getting really close to people when I worked in my dad's shop. Go to work or go to my dad's shop the next day, and they're completely gone. Never heard another word from them, so it came easy to me mm-hmm. to be like, "Oh, yes, delete that number." Yeah, you know wow. that, that's pretty cold-hearted. People say, but that's how I that's how I move on. That's how I grieved. I processed my emotions, my feelings, cried for a few minutes, and then on about my day. Yeah, I mean, you can't. Yeah, you can't just dwell on it. Like, that's when people create some huge barriers in their life. Yeah. Um, when they dwell on it and then they create beliefs about themselves that aren't even accurate. Right. And so that's that's a whole that's a whole big well, I've got wormhole a, I, to go down. I've got a I've got a really good friend. Uh he lost one of his really good friends, I don't know, ten, fifteen years ago. And every year on the same day that he passed away, man, I gotta go take I'm gonna go do this today. It's like, dude, stop. You gotta let it go. Mm-hmm. You you gotta. This is tearing your family apart. This is tearing you apart. This is tearing all your other relationships apart. You need to get. Maybe it is something that you need to go talk to somebody with. I'm not that guy. I don't have. I don't have the emotions to walk you through this. I, that's just not who I am. I don't. What's the word? Uh, empathy. Mm-hmm. I don't have the empathy for for things to walk you through this. So maybe you need to go work on this with somebody that can help you. I said because the last 15 years you've been doing it every single year. Said first year fine, second year okay, third year it's an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course I'm an asshole and I don't understand, but I've lost two of my best friends. And yeah, that, you know. And see, I don't understand the whole mentality of going and grieving year after year after year. That ah, sucks. Why go through the pain? I yeah, I don't. I'd like to spin it more in a positive way. Of what did this person add to my life? And how can I continue to keep them in my life by the things they added to my life? And see, like I always like, man, if he was here, he'd be so proud of me. Absolutely. You know, that's how I remember him. That's how, that's how I keep on going. Like, like I just, I just want to, like, I want to think to myself that what I'm doing right now, he'd be so happy. He'd be so pumped. He'd be right here celebrating me on, you know, like, dude, you're doing an awesome job. Nobody would ever thought about you doing this or that, Mm -hmm. you know, and look at you go. Yeah. And that's how, that's how I agreed with it. I'm going to make him proud. I'm going to make his memory proud. Absolutely. And I'm not saying like you can't have feelings for your buddy. Like I had my high school sweetheart pass away when we were like 
21, 22. And it was sudden, like it was sudden. We were talking again. We were thinking about getting back together. Like, and it was, it was sudden and it, it shook me. It Mm -hmm. shook me hard, but I look back at those moments and I didn't handle it well emotionally. And I let my emotions get the best of me for a lot of my years of my life. Mm -hmm. And when you gain to when you gain an experience with your emotions and learn how to control them and how to ev- elevate yourself and separate yourself from your emotions that's when you become pretty powerful on what you need to say to your your audience but see but now going back to social media people are going to throw i'm going through so much right now i need prayers i need thoughts i need this and that rather than just keeping it you know talking to you you're actually close people that you talk to on a daily basis, not a crowd of, what is it, limit 5,000 people on Facebook now? For friends, yeah. Yeah, so you thrown out to 5,000 people that you maybe never, ever met. You just accepted the friend quest because, you know, numbers, you know, or whatever. But you're, and I want thoughts and prayers and this and that, you know, pray with, pray for my family, pray for this. And, like, I see that stuff, and I'm like, like, there's some people that I've gotten on my Facebook friends that I don't know how they got there and like I'll see that like who the fuck are you delete mm-hmm. you know you you have no I have no involvement in your life don't know who you're talking about you know I think I know who you're talking who just passed away and I and I feel really bad for for them for his mm-hmm. family you know and, absolutely you know and I, I knew him but uh but somebody like that I knew that has a direct reflection yeah I'll, you know sorry about your loss you, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But people want to broadcast that out for just a simple pity party. They just want an endorphin click. Yeah. That's all it is. And that's a lot of what people use social media for is for endorphins because they don't know how to believe in themselves. They don't know how to fill their own cup. Well, they've never been taught how to. So no. they've been raised with social media. They That's the, that's the number one go-to for... For all your issues, is go to go cry about it on you know, go cry about it on on Facebook, and then somebody was like, "Well, you guys just went to the bars." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but when we went to the bars, we went with friends that we actually knew mm-hmm. and could relate to and could physically touch. It wasn't just a bunch of random people. Yeah, that we've never met before. What they're doing is just inviting negativity into their space. Well, here, here's something that I pulled up since the creation of the face or of social media. Suicides have increased by 14, 14.5% with an increase of 8.7 in, in attempts since social media has been created. Doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a lot. 14% is a pretty big jump. I think there's a lot of people don't have to be accountable on social media. Um, and you can say whatever you want over a keyboard. Well, yeah. Like... Don't go on there and think that you're going to get love and butterflies and kisses like because you're not like a lot of people. I had a dude I was talking to yesterday and we were talking, we were talking and it was all good and happy. And next thing I knew, he sent me a message and said, I want nothing to do with you and block. And I'm like, what? And I, I talked to my mentor about it. I showed her my messages and she's like, you did nothing wrong. Like, what, what is he talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, and so, and that goes back to people just being closed minded about, I mean, this dude came to me. 
this dude came to me. So don't come to me and say, you want what I have. And then tell me you want nothing to do with me. That is completely fine. If you want nothing to do with what I have. Um, but the behaviors that people admit on social media, they're just, they don't have to be accountable for them at all. Like if I were right here with you and you asked me a question and I just blatantly didn't answer you and just walked out the door, ghosted you like that would not go over very well. Like, come on people. Bye Felicia. <laughs> like it, it confuses a lot of people. And I was like, what was your intention of even coming into my space? Just to be a disruptor. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I weed through those people and it's fine, but well, you know, Listen, I guess you don't watch TV, but South Park had an episode about uh, trolling people on internet on the online, mm-hmm. and uh, which I think has caught as uh, brought in a whole new class of individuals. You know, like there's trolling, and then there's just being a douche, and ninety nine point nine percent of the people are just being douches. Yep. You know, trolling is everybody has a laugh. Yeah, it's a laugh at the person's expense, but it's a it's a it's a laugh where they even go, "You got me." You know, mm-hmm. that's trolling. That's, that's not being a douche. You know, that is, you're not hurting a person's feelings. You're, you're, you know, you're just, you're, as I would call it, you're just having fun. Yeah. You know. Trying to get a rise out of someone. Yeah. You know, and, but the, these, these people that think that, oh, I'm a troll. <laughs> I'm a troll. Look this. No, dude, you're just being a douche. Yeah. That's all you're doing. You're, like, there's, nobody's laughing at it, except for your little in crowd that you have that are part of it. Yeah, they're going to like your comment and respond and respond and respond. But everybody else looking at you is like, you guys are fucking dumb. Yep. You know, and you, the, that's maybe that's the reason why I don't like social media anymore. Like, it's just this new, this new class of what they're trolls that they're calling is just, it's not fun. They've taken away the fun of, of social media for me. You know, you try to be funny and then like, it's like, I, I'm constantly getting 24 hour bans all the time. Like mm-hmm. every other day I'm getting a 24 hour band, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's on, we'll drink to that, uh, Facebook page, my own personal page, even on Instagram. Now, Instagram used to be a number one go-to. I used to love Instagram cause I could post whatever the hell I wanted to post. Yeah. You know, and now all of a sudden, like it, it's like every other week on Instagram, 24 hour band, 48 hour band. One more time you get a 90 day band. You know, we're trying to monetize, uh, we'll drink to that Facebook page. And every time I post something that gets two, 3,000 likes, the next day you got a 24-hour band. I'm like, oh. serious? Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's stuff that, it, it's, it's funny. It, it's, it's comedy. It, it's funny stuff. It's memes that we find or it's memes that we, we make. It, you know, it's, it's everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's almost impossible to have fun anymore on any of these sites. Twitter, now that Elon bought it, is a lot of fun. Is it? I haven't played on Twitter. I love Twitter. If there's one social media that I will ride and die by, it's Twitter. Hmm. I might have to go in and check it out. It, it's a good time. I haven't, uh, yeah, I haven't even opened Twitter at all. So I don't even know what Twitter's all about. I think it would be fun. But the problem with Twitter is that you, sometimes you, depending on the people you follow, you get, you get sucked in that vortex of just an echo chamber. Yeah. You know, so like, I, like, I, like, I follow Nancy Pelosi. I follow Chuck Schumer. I follow... Uh, Cynthia Lummis, Lummis from the senator from Wyoming, uh, John Barrasso, senator from Wyoming, uh, Ted Cruz. Uh, you follow all the political people. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard is actually becoming one of my favorite humans right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's awesome. She's still a little far left for me, but her ideas and the things that she's uh, she's very 
uh, strong that she's very firm on are things that I, I believe in, you know, are some of my my building blocks to my mm-hmm. political ideology. Yeah. And I follow a lot of libertarians, Dave Smith, uh, Michael Malice, I mean, Dan Holloway, you know, like I, and I try to spread it out as far as I possibly can so that way I'm not stuck hearing just Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, or, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, or these socks are the best socks, or well, these socks are the best socks. You know, it's always, I get, I get a mix of everything. You know, I follow all of my comedians and stuff and football teams and whatnot on Twitter, but right now it is being what it is that we're so close to the next cycle, everything's political. Yeah. You know, and I, and I find humor in something that these people say about, like, Donald Trump's going to run again. After what he, his big announcement was for his NTF, NFT, he ain't running, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, I just, I find the comedy in, in things that I probably shouldn't find the comedy in, but it gives me a good laugh. Hmm. I don't, I just don't find comedy on social media. I guess TikTok I do. It's, it's everywhere, though. Yeah. I mean... Even like the, like that lady that fell down the stairs when it was icy, the big fat lady. That, I don't know if you've seen that, that video. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was icier and crap. She had her McDonald's bag and she was, she was a big lady and she fell down the stairs and she, stop, help me, baby, help me, baby. Jesus, Jesus, ah, ah, Jesus, Jesus, ah, ah. And it just down, just do, 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 do. And then she'd stop, she'd get wedged in, in between the, the walls and then she'd go to try to get herself back up and she'd do, 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 do. It was just, it was funny. <laughs> That poor woman, <laughs> that poor woman, it's just, yeah, people use social media so differently. And that's what I've been learning a lot because a lot of people, I mean, so what I do online is I train people how to monetize their social media, um, in a way that can really help their families. Mm-hmm. So like, and I, I don't monetize my social media is, is that's not the correct term. It's how do I use social media as a tool to gain revenue for my business, my businesses, what I like to do online? Yeah. And then I mentor them on how to be intentional, how to um, go through their f- friends list, how to uh, make the content that gets the traffic that they want. Like that's the stuff that I do online. And I'll probably in the future get into some marketing and some um, virtual assistant type stuff maybe if that's for me, but it'll all come to me when it's needed. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not manifesting that really because it seems like a lot of work. I do a lot of marketing for my husband. I do a lot of marketing for my own businesses. I don't know if I'd want to take on more clients. I've been offered, but I don't, I don't think I would want to take on clients in that aspect, not with what I have going right now. It's just, it's a different mindset of how to use social media if you want to gain followers, if you want to gain better things for what the message you're trying to put out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is a science to it. There's a huge science to it. And a lot of people, they don't like social media because they don't understand the science behind it and what you have to do to um, make the most money or get the most traffic on your page. And that's something that I've been learning for like the last, I'd say year. I've been really, like since COVID hit, I really just dove in and I decided to stay home with my son in that time. Um, And I just really dove into social media because I liked it and I saw the opportunity to connect with more people than are 
small amount of Wyoming people are because we're very much, it's the box. We get in the box and we do what the box says. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm just, I don't like the box. The box well, can go out to the trash and I'm going to throw it out and I'm going to find a new way. So. Well, it goes back to everybody being so tribalistic. Yes. And I think that as Wyoming continues to grow, I think the tribe mentality is going to get shattered pretty hard. I hope it does. We need diversity. Yes and no. Yes and no. I think some diversity uh, can lead to serious problems. I think the ideology of bringing your tribe's ideology to our tribe is a good thing where we can sit down and talk and talk about why your ideology versus our ideology and our way of life is better for suited for what we do versus what you're talking about. But we're willing to, to adapt some of your ideology into ours and make, you know, so that way everybody's still happy. But I think the having a diverse without having a diverse uh, community or state without there being a, I don't know, a, a ground rules, Maybe is maybe maybe not the right thing to say, but having a, a a center post to where we can all come talk in talk where it's not you're a dummy, you're a dummy, you're a dummy, mm-hmm. but actually start and work and talk about how we can do things better, how it's going to better everybody rather than just this tribe. Correct, and I I feel like that could happen, but it's no. It, it, no. I feel like it could happen, but I feel like our um, mentality here, our thoughts about outsiders here will ultimately crush those conversations because I feel like we will always revert back to the, I don't care how you did it, we're going to do it this way mentality. And we're just very strong people in Wyoming. I I get that. Strong-headed. Yeah, and very stubborn, very close-minded to how... Um, the rest of the world does it, but I mean, we've got a couple industries figured out here in Wyoming. I get that. Uh, I just wish we could get a little more open-minded to people who do a few things differently. See, and I, I've written letters to the state legislator, legislators about, uh, allowing, legalizing marijuana, mm-hmm. not for medical, but for full use. You know, I broke down the revenue, the potential revenue, the funding of school systems, roads, not having to worry about uh, issuing a state income tax, not having to increase our state sales tax, and it just went through. The revenue alone would, would supply mm-hmm. Wyoming. It would be a supplement to Wyoming besides coal. Be a top three revenue maker in Wyoming. Yeah. Because number one's energy and number two's tourism. And then number three is way down the list. No, well, it's, it's, it's hay. It's, it's uh, agriculture. Ranch, yeah. Yeah. Agriculture. I can't say that word. Yeah, but it's, it's still, it's like the monetary difference between the top two and number three is huge. Yeah. And so I really wish just, I, just from a business standpoint, I don't, I don't think that legalizing would be a bad thing. No, I think it would be a good thing because I'm sorry, but our government holds a patent on marijuana says it cures cancer. You can look it up. It's out there. They own it. And if more states are legal medically than not, shouldn't the majority rule now? Aren't we supposed to be the United States? Like the majority is ruling that a medical use is relevant. 
And I believe that we should be trying it in all 50 states, even if it's just medical. Like recreational is a whole new can of worms and I support full use. I agree with you 100%. I support it 100% because I see the money behind it. I see the jobs behind it. I see the productivity that it could create in our communities. I just don't know if our little Wyoming would be open-minded enough to go completely full use. I think we would go medical before full, but I would love to see full. Well, uh, when I wrote that letter, I got a letter back. I'm not going to, I'm not going to out the state legislator guy that I wrote to, but he said in just a few words that the amount of money we're making off arrest is, is funding what we need funded. Correct. And that is, it's criminal. They're they're just showing that they're the mob. It well, the, the, that's where we need to start willing in government, and we need to step up and say, hey, you know, you guys are uh, overreaching a little bit here, big this, time. You know, we need to we need to reel this back in and, and let's talk about it. We're gonna give people prescription heroin, but they can't grow a little plant in in their garden seriously or in a tent they can't grow a little plant that helps them with i mean let's uh, deep end can't help them with cancer and pain like right I, I just i don't understand i understand the money behind it but i don't think they understand how big of a revenue just legalizing it would be well what i don't understand is the the fact that they the the night the 2018 farm bill allowed the byproducts of hemp Yep. So you get Delta eight. Yep. And, and it, that's all chemical crap. I'm sorry. I'm well, not yeah, for but, it. But still, it's still technically a THC byproduct. Yep. You get, you get high off of it, you know? And so why are we, why are we allowing why are we playing in the gray? Yeah. Why, why are we, do, why we, why does a farm bill say we could do that, but we can't just do a sweeping over, over uh, a sweeping uh, bill that says marijuana is 100% legal federally. Right. Well, and that's what happened in Wyoming when we um, got the go-ahead from Donald Trump in 2018 in the in the Farm Bill. Within three months, Wyoming had legislation in place for CBD and hemp. And but this is the funny part about it. Yeah, let's legalize it and let people do it. But then you're gonna go raid a little bitty mom and pop shop down in Laramie and take all of their crop. And then all of their crop, their three to four months of work and their revenue, you're going to take it and you're going to test it and it comes back as hemp. And now you guys just ruined someone's revenue and business off of saying some slanderous things. Well, that, that's a problem with the overreach of the federal government. Uh, I mean, there, there's really... There's nothing that you're going to be able to do. I think a lot of it has to do with insurance companies not wanting that uh, federally legalized. I think there's a lot of uh, big corporations that don't want it legalized, farm, uh, fed, uh, pharmaceutical that doesn't want it legalized. And until you get all them lobbyists out, you'll never. It'll, I don't think it'll. I don't care who you are and how hard you push for it. I don't think it'll ever go across the president's desk. Which comes down to now that we need to, as states, need to invoke uh, need to invoke the Tenth Amendment and say to hell with you. We're going to do what we want to do. I really wish our individual states would get to that point where we're just all it, our it takes, own countries, to be honest. Well, we're right. huge I'd and like, our 
Well, it comes down to what's good for Colorado is not good for Wyoming. And what's good for Wyoming is not necessarily good for Montana. There's and, different and that, that's industries in every state. You know, our, our states are close. We're mm-hmm. stacked on top of each other. You know, but what Colorado has more state legis- or has more uh, federal legislators than Wyoming does. And they got two or three and we got one. So why is it that those three get to say what goes with what we need to use for Wyoming? Yeah. You know, it's just the whole federal government, the founding fathers never designed our federal government to be the way it is now. We, no. It was never designed to be this big, this powerful, this overreaching and have the treasury that it has. Federal income tax was only meant to be started to help pay for war. Mm-hmm. That was for the war chest. That was it. And once war was done, we they stopped. Yep. But now wars generate money. But now it has come to where we got to pay for Ukraine, and we got to pay for borders in Egypt, and we got to pay for Israel. We got to pay for this, and we got to pay for that. And then this legislator wants a new transgender bathroom in their state, so there's two million dollars there. Nancy Pelosi wants to have a park named after Michelle Obama, so there's three million dollars. You know, it's just, it's getting out of hand. And there's, it seems like as they continue to devalue the dollar, I think, you know, there's a lot of people say, oh, it's going to crash and it will, it will never crash in our lifetime. Our, this, this, the, the empire will never crash in our lifetime. I bet it's got another five years. Ten That's what tops. I say too. And it doesn't matter if DeSantis or Trump or, or God himself comes and becomes president of the United States. It's Mm -hmm. the damage is done. It's coming down. Like I saw that the Pentagon just had another audit that they failed and misplaced another like 2.2 billion or something like that. Misplaced it. What? That's the, I think that's the 12th audit they failed. Yeah. Like, and so I'm just, I'm to the point where I, I believe that pharma, the government, um, the FBI, the CIA, the I don't care what three letter industry you are, you're all the mob. And I believe they're, I mean, I believe their thoughts are they want to take away all of our rights and make us slave to slaves to the system. And they started doing it during COVID. And look at how many people have not gotten motivated and out of their own way to create a better future for themselves. If I can sit here and get $1,200 here, $600 here, whatever. Well, it, just it, didn't it create goes back urgency. to the Great Rate Reset with FDR after World War One, And then uh, LBJ, when he became president after Kennedy got shot, he brought in the... Uh, uh, what's the uh, program basically started welfare food stamps mm-hmm. you know government cheese is what they called it yeah and it only progressed and progressed and progressed and under jimmy carter it got really big and then under reagan it got even bigger because reagan was dump, pumping all the drugs into the inner cities and then of course you got addiction coming and now people are more and more reliant on the government to pay their bills or housing or food yeah it's just become now it's it is better as much as they push the, i shouldn't say they push abortion but they now are starting to really push abortion. But up until Obama, it was better to keep the baby mm-hmm. as a single mother in an inner city. You'd make more money doing that than you ever would at McDonald's. Correct. So what, what, what's, what's the point? Why, what are you supposed to be driven for? Mm-hmm. You, got, you got shelter. You got food. You don't have anything to motivate you to have any urgency in your life. Right. I, I, no. 
that's that's not an option for me. Right. I I like having choices in this life. I like having freedom in this life, and I'm not gonna stop doing it till I'm proud. Like I'm, I'm not negotiating on that. I I am not gonna let circumstances determine my future. But I do believe that our government. I I believe we've got a a cycle, and if you read your history, you'll see like. I believe we've got probably, like you said, another five years before we see a start of a war or uh, a breakdown of an empire. Well, them giving Ukraine whatever $100 billion it was that they gave them uh, last week, that is a actually a declaration of war under the treaty that we signed with Russia. Lovely. That is us, that is us declaring war on Russia. Awesome. So I wouldn't be surprised if... I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if Putin has has it in him to pursue that, but it really is now became a declaration of war. Congress signed that bill to give Ukraine that $100 billion. That is a declaration of war. And I don't understand why we got to give people money. Like, I understand we got to do business deals with overseas and stuff like that, but I feel like them giving Ukraine and giving some of these Middle East countries this money in exchange for, I don't even know what, um, gas, mineral rights, whatever, mm. oil. I, I get that. But, um, why are we going overseas when our basin has a shitload of those resources? That, well, because climate change doesn't happen unless you're drilling. So there's a huge wall that separates Middle East, China, India, uh, Eastern Europe, there's a big wall around that that keeps all that climate change right there when they drill, so it doesn't affect us. That's why we can't drill here. You didn't know that? There's a big invisible wall that keeps all that CO2 right there. I think that's full of shit. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's that's what it is. That is just propaganda. It is, yeah. it is the government wanting you to be what they say they want you to be, to believe what they want you to believe. Like AOC saying that in 12 years, the world's going to come to end because of climate change. Well... I got news for you, retard. Uh, with there still being ice in the in the polar in the the polar the North Pole and the South Pole, we're still considered underneath an ice age. So, sorry. Like I just like I believe in climate change for like all right. We grew up here. Um, if you look at where they have mined coal, where they have done some work and reclaimed it. That those areas are nice and green, mm -hmm. nice and green pastures. And I've seen a lot more green summers and springs here than I ever did as a kid. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Did we have too much coal and carbon in our soils where it made everything just toxic to grow? And by getting that out of the earth and using it as a fossil fuel in whichever way we need to, did that actually make our ground a little bit better for us to farm, to do any more agriculture, to maybe have some outside grows of some gardens? I don't know. Like, I just look around of what I saw when I was a kid and now what I see as an adult. Well, our temperatures actually cooled off quite a bit from the 90s until now. We've, we've cooled off quite a bit around here anyways like uh i think last year our highest temp we hit was 102 and like 10 years ago that would have been 115 120 yeah you know so we're it's cooling down around here our winters are getting a little 
well, last year was really bad. This year we've had a couple really cold snaps, but we're now starting to kind of just level out. I think we're starting to hit our, our leveling out where the temperatures aren't really getting super cold and super hot. And I think it's going to be like that for a couple of years. And in a couple of years, it's going to get either get super cold mm-hmm. for a couple of years and it's going to get super hot for five years. And it's going to, you know, it's, it's cycle. Mm-hmm. The earth has done it for billions of years. Yep. And it rearranges where our earth is and where our water is. It, it rearranges all the time. I don't like, I don't get the fear behind saying there's climate change and I just, I don't get the fear in the world changing because we all be, change. Here, here's what it is. The reason why they're putting that out there. Is so people that are very clueless and don't want to go do their own research and whatever the TV tells them, go pull up that Facebook app. You are the problem. You guys drive them big old diesel pickups. You guys use coal as your main heat. You do this. You guys are terrible. You're horrible people. I hope you all die. And then go back to drinking their tea or their, <coughs> their coffee and whatever MSNBC tells them, they get right back on. You guys this, da, 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 da. That's what it is. That, that they're, they're trying to cause as much division in society as they possibly can. Because they, 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 they see the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. They, those clowns know, what, know what's coming. They understand. You know, this whole January 6th thing, it's all a distraction. Mm-hmm. But it's, Look here because we don't want you to see what's going on over here. You know, they didn't want the 82,000 IRS agents being hired coming out into public. Mm-hmm. But here it is. Now we all know about it. Why we have 82,000 more IRS agents? Well, because people like you and I, middle class, upper middle class, hey, you guys have probably screwed up your taxes 15 years ago. We're going to audit you. Yep. You know, and they're probably right. You know, if they come audit me, I'm probably screwed. Oh, shoot. They're going to have a mess on their hands with me <laughs> over the last few years of the growth of my family, our businesses, what we've accomplished in the last, I mean, five years ago, I, I said hell with it of letting a job rent me. Like mm-hmm. I, I did not want a job renting it at renting my space, my time anymore. I took my last five grand and I invested in myself and really believed in myself to get somewhere. And since then we've taken on a lot of ventures and we've definitely, we've definitely succeeded and we failed. Mm-hmm. So it's all about growing. I, I feel like my husband and I are very much ambition on fire and we'll figure it out later. Oh shoot. Get your hand slapped. Whoopsie. Sorry. We won't do that again. Right. I get it. But how do you learn unless you do like you have to go do and that's people don't understand that being, being just rented for a job, you can just get thrown out anytime. And I don't, I don't agree with that way of thinking anymore. Like I, I told myself I was never going to do it again. And so, yeah, going back five years, if, yeah, if I got audited, I'd have some fun. I'd have some fun for sure. Like, but I don't know if they even care about little bitty Wyoming. Oh, they no, may. No, no. They're, Cause what they're going to end up doing is, is it's going to be very political. And as, as much as I talk and I don't know, last before this year, I was very political on my Facebook. I, I'm I'm a very libertarian, and so I'd always and I on Twitter I'd always call out, you know, mm-hmm. something I didn't agree with. But 
they're going to come after the the political ideologies that are anti-government, anti-establishment, uh, upper middle class, and they're going to just put the they're just, they're just going to put the hurt into you. They're going to mm-hmm. put the boots to you. There's no reason to have eighty two thousand more IRS agents. I no. mean, there's no reason to have any more members of the mob. To be honest, like. I look around our even our town here and I was like, we have highway patrol, sheriff, PD. I see like three of them coming from my house to your house. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why? Like, why? I understand we need some of this protect and serve. And, but we got 35,000 people in our town, maybe 40,000. I, I don't even think we're that big. But like, for real, why do we need this big of a of a police force to just drive around on our tax dollars. I I don't understand the mentality of going out and catching the bad guy. Like this is, it, it just, I believe since probably for 10 years that just the government has gotten huge and it doesn't matter if it's local or if it's federal or, or what it is, it's just gotten huge over mm-hmm. the last 10 years. Well, I think the reason that you see more uh, police enforcement, whether it's highway patrolmen, sheriff, or police, is that there's grant money that's got to be spent from the federal government, and so and the best way to spend that is to bring more people on, more equipment, you know, rather than spending that money on more training, more. That astounds me that they'll just hire anyone to go enforce the law that hasn't done any work in the law or educating in the law. Yeah, but whatever. That's that's but that's that's just the game they're playing. You know, like I said, it, it's going to come to an end. All this is going to come to an end, and we're going to be back to being we're bothering for goods is what's going to happen. If you don't have a skill or a trade that you can use to get to mm-hmm. better yourself, you're pretty much SOL. You know, coding and all that stuff, IT stuff is good, but when there's no more infrastructure there for to support internet, yep social media, whatever it is, what are you going to do? Correct. You know, that's like, I keep telling my boys, you know, I'm going to teach you how to build fence. I'm going to teach you how to do this. You know, Mm -hmm. da, 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 da. Well, this sucks. I'm never going to do this. Well, you might have to, you might have to, you know, that's my goal. I'm, I'm going to buy me some land. I'm going to build me a barn dominium. I'm going to have my own. Well, I want a little bit of livestock, a little bit of chickens, maybe some turkeys, and I want to be self-sustaining like this. I do not want to rely on. I just don't want to have to rely on someone right. if that matters. Like that's something that l- you said it right on the head. If all of the infrastructure goes down, how are people going to share information and how are people going to just survive? To be honest, I don't think we've even taught our generations how to survive without a government, without um, an Albertsons down the street, without, you know, like I buy all my all my beef and all my eggs from a local lady. Like I want to find a place for chickens. I haven't found a place for chicken yet, but I'll find it. One of my girlfriends said she's going to start having some chickens, but that's the stuff like. We got to start teaching our kids how to can food, how to grow a garden, how to be self-sustaining and make sure that they're set up for the future because I honestly see it happening. I do. I see it happening. That's why I'm going to make my money now. Right. Well, make your money now. If I mean, 
might be absolutely worthless at the, in the very end. Maybe. That's why I keep I say that, and then here I am heavily invested in crypto. That's so, okay. We'll see. I don't heavily know. invested in crypto. Yeah. I've been hit up a few times for crypto. I had a bad experience once and lost about five grand, and I'm just haven't educated myself. And that's that's it's very me. hard because there's so much information about it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a big investor in uh, uh, Cardano. It's a blockchain. But they need Cardano in order to make Bitcoin actually work. Mm-hmm. And but it's it is ever since that FTX thing came out and a few other things came out, it just crashed pretty hard. And I just sat there and I don't even look at my investments anymore. <laughs> I just yeah. go about my day, whatever. Until I because I got all my price sets alerts set on my phone, so mm-hmm. if it actually hits the price that I want it to hit, then I'll look at it. But other than that, it's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not educated enough in that space to mm-hmm. make an educated decision. Um, I would need a mentor in that space. I just, I, and that's not a bad thing. It's not bad to get a mentor on on things. Right. You you don't know it all, and your mentor knows a lot better than what, like what one person knows alone. Right. Like if you've chosen a mentor for a reason, it's because they're somewhere where you want to be, mm-hmm. and. I, I would need a, a huge mentor to even know what it is. Um, I have a friend that does it heavily and he tries to recruit me all the time to do it. And I just don't know enough. Right. And I don't know if I would feel confident with letting him lead me in that situation. And uh, well, and that's why I love social media so much is because I get out of the small amount of people that are in my area that know a small amount about economy and how to generate revenue and stuff. And I get out of the box and figure out a different way. We're just, I feel like we need some of that diversity and some of that information. Have you ever heard of Jason Stapleton? No. He has a network called the Nomad Network. And he's, he uh, is doing a lot of that, uh, People are going to his network. He's got his own app. It's kind of like, it's like Twitter with Craigslist, if that makes sense. Okay. And uh, on his network, so like uh, the other, uh, this is how I got to uh, into crypto. As I went in there and I just made a just post that hey, you know, I'm looking for somebody to teach me on how to what 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 is the best way to invest in crypto. And I had probably 150 people respond back. Here's my email. Here's my phone number. Here's this. Here's that. Uh, Give me your email. I'll send you a, a basically a uh, a spreadsheet of everything that I'm invested in and how it's working. I'm not going to take your money and do it for you, but I will walk you through these steps on how to do it. And I talked to quite a few of them, you know, and I mentioned them back and forth. And finally, this guy came in and he's like, started talking about uh, Cardano, and I'm like, well, that makes sense, you know, that you might as well invest in the the, the building block of Bitcoin, and, you know. So I got really heavy into it, and then. And like talking to him, I've talked to guys on there about what software to use for podcasting, what equipment to buy, you know, and it's, it's just, it's a great, it's a great service and it's free. You know, some of the people that you talk to like, Hey, you know, for twenty nine ninety nine a month, you can, I'll mentor you. I'll do this for you. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's a lot of guys on there that are just wanting to see people do good. Yeah. And that, that's one social media deal that I use daily. I'm on there every day. That's cool. And that's, it's something that I really get, get a lot of positive out of. Yeah. That's one, that's one social media I'll actually go to bat for. 
because there's none of that. There's no, there's no distractions to it. It's, yeah. This is what it is. Is what you're looking for. End of story. Yeah. Well, if you're intentional with your social media, that's how your social media, all of your accounts should be. Like my Instagram is horrible. Like I have not played on my algorithm at all on my Instagram. I have not um, been diligent on who I follow or who follows me or any of that. And so, but my Facebook, my Facebook is super dialed in Mm. and it's all positive. It's all the things I want to see. It's all the people I want to see. I mean, of course I don't get to see everyone and I see a lot less of our local community. And I know I've heard some comments about me and who I am and, and things like that, but those are not my perceptions of myself. Those are someone else's judgments placed on me and that's not my responsibility. Um, now, if someone wants to have a conversation with me and I know they've said those comments to me, I'm going to be a little more um, guarded on my responses with that particular person. You don't want to call them out and be like, so why did you say this? Why did you say that? Nope. No, because if it's something that they said to someone else that got back to me, I'm not going to bring it up. I'm not. I'm, I'm a Christian woman. I believe in forgiveness. I believe I've said some spiteful things in the past as well, and I'm not 100%. A, a good person all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be diligent in who you are to be that person. And I won't call them out at all. Nope. I will be guarded in my responses. I will be very um, intentional in my responses, but I don't let my wall down a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Like people. <laughs> so one of my friends came into the bowling alley the other day. He's talking to me about the market and um, talking to me about wanting to invest in an Airbnb and, and just the real estate talk. And we're super professional, having fun talking about like future investments and what we want to do. And then it's a Wednesday night. I think this was last week. It was last week or the week before. So it was a Wednesday night. And then I went and changed my outfit, got my bowling jersey on, started drinking, having some fun. And he walks over to me and he's like, I have never seen this side of you. Never. <laughs> Like you are a completely different person. I was like, yeah, this is when I let loose. I turned my phone off. My phone is in my, in my bowling ball bag. Like I can't even see it. We are going to have some fun. Right. And he's just like, I've never seen this side of you. And that's like, you have to let people see the side of you that you want them to see Mm -hmm. too, because I let my Wednesday crowd see the real authentic me because they're all the people that I know and love. I mean, I may not know as many people very well, but the majority of the people that are there are family, friends, good people. Some of my clients, like they're people that know and love me Mm -hmm. and I have grown to know and love them. So I let loose, but it depends on the night because Thursday night I'm a completely different person and you don't have to be. I guess this is, people say that people are two-faced because they do this. No, they just know their place. They know their time. Know the audience. They know their audience. They read the audience. And they be a different person because they know their place. Mm -hmm. Like my husband tells me, you're bowling on New Year's Eve. We're going to go do this New Year's Eve bash. Let's do this. And I was like, okay, that's business. Cool. That's some more client time. Like that's some elbow rubbing. That's some business time. So I'm going to make sure I look good. I feel good. And that I don't overindulge in alcohol. Right. Stay somewhat kind of cognizant so that we have a good, a good time. Like, and that's, 
that's just the mindset shift of how to deal with people. And I don't think that goes all, all the way back to emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. People don't know how to act differently about around certain groups. Well, everybody has this idea of what somebody should act like, you know, and they, that's the way they're going to see it. No matter what, what you try to do? They're always going to have their opinions. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. And they don't matter. Yeah. What it matters to me, what matters to me is at the end of the day, when I walk through that door, my wife is happy, my boys are happy, and that's it. That's yeah. all I care about. That's those are the only opinions I ever care about. Yep. And if there's something going on, my wife will be quick to say, hey, let's, we need to fix this. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Not happy. Okay. What can I do to fix it? This, this, and this. You got it. Mm-hmm. That's all I care about. Everybody else, all these outside voices and social media and everything else, go, pans, go pound sand. Mm-hmm. You have no direct involvement in my life whatsoever. And that's how I use social media for sure. Because when someone doesn't align with what I have and what I'm delivering um, and they cross a boundary, like they're, they're gone out of my life. Like, I'm sorry, but you don't, you don't deserve space here. See, and I think that's, that's where we kind of really super differ. Cause like, if I find somebody that I differ with, like, I want to know why they think that it is that they think, why they think they're right. You know, like I'm not trying to con them into a, into an argument over Facebook. I'm more just simply trying to figure out their way of thinking. Like, why, why are you such a tool? Why, why are you doing this? What, what is going on? What is going on in your life that makes you feel like you need to come attack me for, for something that I posted to people that, cause like on my Facebook after like, I don't know what it is or what setting that I have it on, but there'll be people I have no idea who they are. Delete. Don't care. Like if it might've been a, in my pocket, accept, accept or add or, you know, whatever, whatever. And I don't know you, you're gone. Same with Snapchat. I've got tons of people on my Snapchat that all of a sudden came or now whatever snappies, where they would call them. Mm-hmm. I've deleted them all, you know, but it's, the things I post out is of people that I know that I, you know, they all don't find my humor the same as I do because it's pretty dark, but it's still people that I know that's not going to turn me in or, yeah. you know, or form an opinion about me because of something that I make a, take a Sesame Street meme and it's pretty grotesque, but I find it funny, you know, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not going to be like, oh, he's such a piece of shit. No, he just got a dark sense of humor. Yeah. I got a dark sense of humor. You know, but... But at the end of the day, only thing that matters is my family and what they think. And that outside of that, there's maybe one or two other people that I really take take to heart what they say, but they're just as close as much as family as anything. But they know how to approach you. They know how to say something to you that is meaningful. If right. they feel like you're out of line with your values or who you are as a person, like those are the people who are going to come to you in a what do I want to say in a, like a structured way, they're going to come to you in a very good way to have you open to that conversation. Mm. But those are the people, you know, love and trust. And a lot of them, you respect them too. Right. Because I mean, you can't, you can't love someone without having a base of respect. Right. Like that's the number one building block of love. So the people that you respect, they respect you. They'll love you and they'll give you that, that piece that you need in that moment. But those are very few people, but those are kind of family as well. Right. Like those are kind of different classes of people. 
Those are your good people. Right. Your village. There you go. Your village of people. And see, and I, like, I've always tried to make sure my village is filled with a lot of different I- ideas. We all don't have the same ideology. You know, like, there's, 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 everybody brings something to the table that the other person can't bring. And I, I think that's the most healthiest, best way to do it, is to make sure that you have a variety of intelligent people around you. That Correct. Are, are experts in all different fields. Yes. You don't have to do it alone, and you don't have to know it all alone. Right. You have to know the person that knows how to do what you're trying to do. Right. And learn from them. Have them help you. Like, I don't... There's a whole bunch of people that stand behind me, my husband. Just There's a whole bunch of people that stand behind us and help us do what we do. And it's not that we want any glory for it. We just want to help people have fun. We want to help people be profitable. We want to help people buy and sell homes. We want to help people just in a good way. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't see the supporting cast that are behind us. Right. And there are really good friends there. Usually if you find us Wednesday night, there's a lot of those people there. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, the village is super important to keep around you because, I know things that you don't, you know things I don't, and we can help each other grow in in our education of this life. I mean, we got to share this information. I think the biggest lie that was perpetrated on the American people was the TV and be able to just manipulate what people think and all of the news sources being owned by the same company. And it's just a soap opera anymore. Right. Like it's, it's honestly a soap opera. It drives me nuts when I go over to drop off my son with my dad and that's what he's watching. Just news all the time. I was like, can you not see how fake this looks? Well, How orchestrated this looks. They not, tell these monkeys what to say and they package it up in a pretty little picture and let this pretty woman say it. Well, it's not even news anymore. It's all opinions. Yeah. So it's all opinions. And that's what, like, it's just a soap opera. Right. It really is. <laughs> I hate watching it with my dad. Like, I'm, I'm, I guess I, I can't say nothing because I, I have it on in the background for background noise, like, like when I'm cleaning and stuff. I got because that's every everything else, and I'll get distracted. Like if there's a show on, I'll hear something and be like, "Oh, what, what happened?" And then I'm sitting there, "Oh, that's cool." And I find myself being distracted by the TV. So if I leave it to like news, or I guess anymore nowadays, I put a podcast on. But like if, if I put the news on in the background while I'm cleaning, I get things done because mm-hmm. it's just just background noise. There's nothing yeah. really that catches my interest. And if there's something that catches my interest, like I'll remember it and I'll go I'll go do my own investigation on it. Make, form my own opinion. There you go. So, I listen to Audible. I listen to books. I don't know, but they're they're self help. They're financial. They're mindset. They're development. They're they're those type of books. Right. Like I I don't read for pleasure, and I don't think I have since I was like fourteen. Like everything I've consumed since I was sixteen years old have been self help books, financial books, business books. Just I, I'm I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge nerd and that's, uh, we were in Laramie a few weekends back for one of the games and, uh, (laughs) my brother-in-law stumbles out of my truck and I mean, we showed up and we didn't realize what was going to happen. Um, my husband and I show up a little bit late because we coached the kids Saturday morning. Mother-in-law is down there, brother, sister-in-law are down there. Um, and this is my husband's brother and he likes to have fun. He, you wind him up and he's fun. So 
we're down there and we didn't realize that these guys are pretty well tuned when we get there on Saturday. <laughs> and we're like, how are you guys going to get to the Airbnb? There's a, I drive a, a, a Ram 1500. It can fit five. We had six people. And um, I'm like, uh-oh, we have all of our luggage in there. We have, like, I still have a car seat in there because we left in a hurry. Like, mm-hmm. kids' league's done. Like, we got to go. Go, go, go. And so we realized that they were planning on us, ju- or, yeah, us driving them. And so we're like, all right, I guess we're piling in my truck. Like, <laughs> we're, we all pile in and everything. We get to the little dive bar that we're going to go to in Laramie and – my brother-in-law steps out and he drops a book out of my truck and he's like, Oh, drop something. Must be a beer can something. And I looked at him. I was like, Chris, I am not that cool. It's just a book. Like I'm a nerd. And he's like, yeah, you are. You're a big nerd. Like, (laughs) and we went into the, (laughs) into the bar. I was the DD that night and everyone had a great time. Like it was fun. I mean, Wyoming won, of course. And we had a great night. But sometimes it's just, I honestly think if you're intentional in your life, um, some of the habits that you form are going to either be helpful for your life or destroying your life. Mm -hmm. So I like to be intentional and I, I got visions, I got goals, I got dreams to accomplish, and I'm going to keep consuming the things that I need to to make sure that I'm on that track. Right. Be intentional with it. I mean, that's what social media is about. It's garbage if you're not intentional with it. Nancy. It's absolute garbage. And that that's where well, we're, we're both completely different because I don't, I, like I said earlier, the social media for me is just getting laughs, that five-minute poop and laughs, haha, on to the next thing. I guess I never, never really bothered to dive into using social media as a business platform, because to me it's always just laughs. I, I like I enjoy a good laugh. That's what brings me happiness is find something that's funny and I laugh and go about my day. That's guys, simple creatures. Yeah. See, I used to use it that way. I used to be super just unintentional, like. I drank too much last night. I'm hungover and I got to work like them stupid posts. Like I get the flashbacks and the memories. And since then I've gone back and kind of deleted some, right. Some content and stuff. I've had this thing since gosh, like shoot, like 12, 14 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot out there. I mean, there's a lot back in my modeling days. There's a lot back in my New York days. There's a whole lot back in my farm days. There's a whole lot about snowmobiling. There's, there's just, there's so much. Right. And I went back when I started my real estate career and I took out a lot of my modeling photos, a lot of my um, bar scene photos, because that's not, well, just someone told me I need to be more professional and, um, I, I don't know what that means for a 33 year old, honestly. Like when I started my real estate career, I was like 29. Honestly, I don't know what that means because our generation is very much like we want to have that connection with the other person and we want to know that you're like me, but you just sell homes. Like Mm -hmm. I do something else, but she sells homes. Like 
I never wanted to be that person that made you feel uncomfortable because I looked a certain way and looked untouchable or unapproachable. But do you do you think some of that has to do with where, where we are located, it being a very male-dominant area? You know, like it's, it is guys going in and buying the $260,000 houses, the $300,000 houses, they're, they're single guys. There's, I think there's more single guys here than there is anything. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys here. Um, I think it's the, the culture of how it's always been and you had to be a certain way and be, it, it's a profession. It's a, it's a professional license. Mm-hmm. Like, so I get being a professional in your correspondence and how you interact with your clients. I get that. Um, however, well, capping I- who you are. Um, I guess what I, I guess what I'm going after is there's one realtor in town in particular that really loves to flaunt her goods, and so you know guys that are looking for a house are gonna go through her Facebook and see all of mm-hmm. her photos that she's posted that aren't real estate based. It's, yeah, you know, and that they're gonna judge. I'm gonna go with her because she's nice to look at. Exactly, she is. So, I mean, I think they're so. I I understand like why she does it. Um, I do. Um, it's just not how I wish to run my business. I don't say what she does is good or bad. Um, I just think it's a different season and I'm, I'm just not aligned with that anymore. Like I used to do uh, fitness modeling and I did some competitions in Toronto, but, um, it's just not who I am. I understand that she is on this health and wellness journey and I love that about her. I love that she is multifaceted in different areas of her life. I love that she went to, you know, Christmas and got a barracuda and yeah, she's pretty. She's flaunted. If you got it, I, I completely 100% get it and I support her in it, but that's how she wishes to run her business. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that, um, sexuality needs to, um, bring me through business because I have been in that area of my life. I did modeling. I did a bunch of stuff where you use your sexuality to get what you want. And that's just not a feeling I want anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm married. I have a son. I've moved on with my life. I want to get somewhere in my life. And I felt like when I used my sexuality to get somewhere that I got a lot of cold leads and a lot of dead end leads and a lot of guys who just wanted to look at me rather than do business with me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that you have to be look a certain way to be a professional, but I don't believe in that's all you are because that's not who I am. Like, yes, I want to help you buy and sell homes, but I don't have to do it in a certain way at a certain time, look a certain way, put out this content or whatever, however it looks. Or even in this town, we shy away so much from social media on our real estate stuff. Yes, they put out like new listing here and advertise the photos. I get that. But no one branches out on social media and does lives on their social media. No one goes out and and pedals in the social media realm when people comment on their posts and stuff. And that's the the stuff I would like to see change in our industry. Mm-hmm. Because I'm I'm with EXP and that's a cloud office. Like we don't have brick and mortar. You wanna meet me? I'm coming to your house. And we're gonna have a conversation without any prying eyes or prying ears. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the way I like to run my business because it's very personable. And I can see if I can help you and I can see if I can help you with your goals or not. But I'm not like today. I'm in a nice sweater and some miss me jeans and some boots. Like I do not want to wear the blazer. I do not want to wear the slick pants. I do not want to. I don't want to look that way because that's not me. Mm -hmm. Like I feel stuffy. Like I used to do Miss Wyoming pageants and you had to have an interview outfit and it was always a blazer and a skirt and heels. I am not that girl. Give me some boots, give me some jeans and accept me for who I am. I'm a little rough around the edges, but I'm a lot of fun too. Mm -hmm. And I believe professionals can change that. I, I believe that our profession and our industry is up for a change here because I believe my generation is going to come up and we're going to start utilizing social media as a tool for our businesses rather than just here's a new listing. Right. I don't know. I think there's going to be a huge shift. Well, you know, I'm glad we were able to have this conversation because it kind of brought some light to me about how I want to run. We'll drink to that media, but I'm still, still pretty anti-social media. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe you need to learn a little bit more about it. Learn about the algorithms, learn how to make it profitable or to gain followers. Right. Well, that's something I definitely need to learn how to do, especially now that we are in that that gray zone with our Facebook page. It's it's either shit or get off the pot kind of thing. And like I tell my my partner, like with my schedule and the amount of stuff that I have to do for us, I need you to be more on top of Facebook and Instagram and everything else. And so we're we're having him and I are having that uh, structure talk. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a good way to say it. Yep. And, you know, we'll get there. At the first of the year, we're, we're going to re, we got a rebranding coming out for, we'll drink to that media. Uh, this, our hometown, it's probably going to get lumped into that just because it's financially right now is, is it's a smart way to do it. Yeah. Uh, trying to have our hometown as its independent organization is not going to work for, for us much longer, but. But like I said, at the first year, we're going to do a huge rebranding. We got a lot of content that we've been filming, doing, saved up, and we're going to hit it hard in 2023. I think so. Yeah. I think it'll be a good um, opportunity to put it together and then uh, let it grow. Let it grow, and then you can separate them again um, in the future. Right. But I think having a mixture of things in your podcast would be a great thing. Right. Well, you know, there's... There's some things coming. There, there's there's going to be there's going to be a, a, a huge huge change, and I I think with the change, it's going to really it's going to take us to the next level where we need to be. So that way we can start thinking about I'm not going to work as much kind of thing, and hopefully start getting getting to that that area, get some national. Well, I mean, we officially have a download in every country of the of the world. That's except for awesome. except for North Korea, that's the only place I haven't seen. We actually have two in China and like ten in Russia. And I was like, "Holy cow! Someone broke the broke the law in, in China." And it's not part of their uh, approved media that they're allowed to look at or listen to. Oh wow! So I was like, you know, also that could also be uh, someone using that uh, that Express VPN to their mm -hmm. VPN somewhere else, so they're actually yep. here. But still, it's cool to say that we are worldwide <laughs> that's sweet though so 
Well, and that's how you're going to get this um, out there and profitable is by getting just getting out there. Right. You have to get your message out. You have to say what you need to say. And some people are going to resonate with you and other people aren't. So, yeah. and it's, Fuck it's a flip of a coin, whether who's going to support you and your message and who's not. So, well, that's why I like having so many people on and having different ideas. So that way I can kind of hit on where it's not just me in my little echo chamber. I have, you know, people like you and, uh, Tristan and, John Bear and Shay Ludvall, I, you know, I got a, a mix of people that I, I agree with and I don't agree with, you know, so that there's, there, that there's a, there's a mix. There's not just, it's not just an echo chamber. It's not another down with the government, down with mm-hmm. this, down with that, you know, it's finding problems and coming up with solutions. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, if you learn how to use social media a little bit more intentionally, uh, I'd love to help you. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about it, I think it could really help you get your message out there even more. Right. Uh, this is uh, definitely a different age and not how our parents made money. And this is uncharted waters and we just got to keep figuring it out as right. we go. Well, I'd like, I'd like one day to be able to say that we have a top 10 podcast i think we can do that i like it's a lot convincing him to say hey you know we keep at this we can make the top 10 pretty easily yeah it's not that hard you know well it's hard i mean it's a lot of work but it's not it's not the type of work that i do like it's not physical it's all just getting the right mindset sticking with it and just being on top of stuff focus discipline yeah right and then so i think once once him and i get on the same page i think it's gonna it's going to do a lot of good things. Yeah, and I, I like, think so. And I like to be able to say, I'm just a dude from Gillette, Wyoming, that created a, a, a worldwide, worldwide empire. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So. Like, a lot of people are like, Wyoming, where's Wyoming? Right. Like, I talk to people every day on social media, and they're like, oh, the county in New York? No. <laughs> like, big square state in the Midwest. Like, <laughs> so. You heard of Colorado? Go directly north. Yeah, you like Colorado, right? You like green states? All right, let's go to a green state real quick and go north. All right. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure. It's been had a lot of fun. We'll definitely have you back on again. You got anything that you want to plug or put out since you got the new year coming out? I'll probably have this out on Friday. Have this out on Friday. Friday is my son's birthday. Happy birthday happy to my birthday. son. Um, happy wor- birthday to um, LeBron James and Tiger Woods as well, because they share my son's birthday, oh. or my son shares their birthday, but I like it the other way. Right. Um, that's where we'll be celebrating Friday. Um, I don't have a whole lot. You got your left. New Year's Eve party? Yeah, definitely. Everybody um, needs to go check that yeah. out. So Energy Lanes is putting on a New Year's party. We have um, all of our all of our lights up, our party lights up. And since our remodel, we've just been finishing project after project and finally got those party lights up so the community can reserve their lanes, party with their family. And it's something besides going and being around a bunch of cowboys and a bunch of drunk people and everything else. This is a completely different atmosphere, family friendly. Yeah. I think if you guys don't want to go deal with the buck and ball, come go to go to, go to the energy lanes. Check them out. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Play a little round of golden tea. Yeah, or the golf simulator. Yeah, golf simulator. We got a huge one. We've got an eleven foot by seventeen foot simulator by HD Golf, and I mean, we'll have 
10 lanes open for open bowling. We have 10 lanes reserved at nine o'clock to do our fun jackpot bowling. It's more of an adult geared bowling game. There's colored pins in there. Um, The pins represent either like a free drink or tickets or um, like money. So it's just... You're doing that on New Year's Eve? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so jackpot bowling is a lot of fun. Like you, it's $25 a person. You come in, um, you get tickets. There's side bets with cards and quarters, and there's someone who um, calls out some pins that are colored and stuff if you... Mm Hey, I left a nasty split. Okay, can you take out that just that green pin and I'll give you five dollars? Like wow. it's kind of like heckling your yeah. your friends. Um, and so we're we do that every year. That starts at nine o'clock, but the rest of the night is open bowling. Nine o'clock we'll start that jackpot bowling, but we'll still have open bowling for the entire night. Perfect. It's a huge party. It's family friendly. It's fun. And you don't have to deal with all the people. At Buck and Ball. I have never been to the Buck and Ball. Um, it, it's, I, it's pretty It's pretty rowdy. It's I not just, very family. That's what I heard. You know, uh, typical Gillette, nothing against them, but typical Gillette, when it's a chance to to kick your boots off and have some fun, they, they party hard. And there's, you know, comes with that. So that's I that. feel like I'd be very anxious there. Yeah. I'm usually a DD and a sober driver, so I just... I've been a bartender for too long um, in my life that I love to people watch and right. situations like that anymore give me so much anxiety because I just never know when it's going to blow up. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, people here like to take it a little far and yeah. that's what I've heard. And I don't think I'd fit in really at the buck and ball. I want to, I don't know. My husband said you're bowling. So I'm bowling. <laughs> I'm obeying my husband. Like I'm doing my wifely duties. <laughs> <laughs> I got one thing, uh, the Great Gatsby New Year's Eve Gala for the Happy Girls Don't Do That. They start at 8, so go check them out. They're going to be at the technical center of the college. They start at 8. Of course, they'll go to midnight, but stop in and say hi to those guys and then go to Energy Bowling or Energy Lanes and go party your ass off. That'd be fun. Have to go check her out. But uh, but like I said, it was a pleasure. I'm glad you came Thank by. You. I'm glad we were able to have conversation we ran pretty long but i think it's a lot of good information and i'm excited to see what the future holds for both of us absolutely i'm excited for it thank you for having me absolutely